In the previous solo episode, we talked about six myths of productivity, six dream blockers that could be holding you back, and I shared a few more ways to brainstorm ideas for your one thing. Now that we have an idea of the direction we want to head, in today's episode, we'll discuss the topic of burning the boats and some ways to think about the question, when should I go all in on my big dream? I just finished reading, well, actually listening to, but audiobooks count as books and count as reading in my mind. Either way, I just finished reading Matt Higgins' Burn the Boats. I knew about the book well ahead of time because I've always been connected to his work through Gary Vee's content. I was looking forward to it for a while, kind of like when a new record drops from your favorite artists, for a couple of reasons. One, I personally have gone back and forth in my own mind about when it will be the right time to burn the boats and go all in on this Just Keep Learning podcast. And secondly, I felt that the information in the book fits perfectly into the clarity that I am trying to provide in these posts on finding your one thing and figuring out how to pursue your own goals. So what does it mean to burn the boats? When Matt Higgins says burn the boats, he's referring to a metaphorical concept that emphasizes a total commitment to a goal, often used in a business or entrepreneurial context. I've heard the term used many times in movies and videos. The phrase originally, from what everyone knows, comes from the story of Spanish conquistador and or conqueror. Hernan Cortes, who upon arriving in Mexico in 1519, ordered his men to burn their ships so they couldn't retreat or sail back to Spain. By doing so, Cortes ensured that his troops had no choice but to move forward and conquer the land. In a modern context, burning the boats means eliminating any potential fallback options or safety nets, forcing oneself to fully commit to a particular path or goal. Now, obviously, this can be a way of creating a sense of urgency and determination as there is no turning back or giving up. Once the boats are burned, you have to stay and you have to fight. But should you burn your boats? It is important to know that this approach might not be suitable for everyone or every situation, and it can be risky to quit everything else and focus on one thing, especially if that one thing isn't flowing cash yet. For example, if we're a painter or a poet or a musician and we quit making money to focus on our art, it puts a lot of pressure on the creative and can even ruin the experience for us. Going all in, at least in the traditional sense, may lead to a lack of flexibility or increase our stress. While it's essential to evaluate your own circumstances and risk tolerance before adopting such a mindset, burning the boats can mean something different for everyone. Over the last while, I've shared all about removing your old thinking, gaining clarity, and choosing one thing to focus on for your goal. Naturally, this is where we all tend to ask three questions. What steps do I take to achieve this goal? How long will it take me? And should I go all in? So with my own experience and expertise, as well as a few things that I picked up from Matt's book... I think we can do a really good job of helping you get pointed in the right direction. A big theme in Burn the Boats is to ask yourself the question, who do you want to be? Instead of talking about what you want to be or what you want to do, you must first ask yourself, 
who you want to be. These big existential questions should really be driving our life decisions. Figure out what problems you want to solve, who you want to help, and why you do what you do. These types of questions let our authentic values and motivations truly shine. In the book, Matt Higgins shares some critical, challenging, but incredibly helpful questions that can keep you pointed in the right direction. 1. What qualities make me someone I could respect and admire? 2. Do I want to spend my days creating from scratch or executing someone else's vision? 3. Can I tolerate the risk of an uncertain future? Or do I personally need predictability in order to thrive? 4. Would I rather be thinking or doing? 5. Do I feed off of human interaction or does it drain me? 6. When have I been happiest and what would it take to feel that way again? And finally, number 7. What do I want my epitaph to read? Now this is all about asking the right questions, not necessarily getting the answers. This concept of not stressing about the answers but asking the right questions reminds me of a scene in the movie iRobot where the doctor is telling Will Smith repeatedly, I'm sorry, my responses are limited. You must ask the right questions. Well, in this case, these seven questions that Matt Higgins lists in the book to better understand our personal philosophy in life are the right questions. Answering these seven things can help us better understand ourselves, and this line of inquiry is a great way to fully understand that question we talked about, who do you want to be? It's not at all important to have specific, confident answers to the questions. What is valuable is that you actually think about them. I've mentioned in the last couple episodes that there are a few things that hold us back. Dream blockers, myths about productivity, and if I added another thing, it would be a lack of self-awareness. These answers are different for each of us, and they should be. They should be completely different because they help us achieve self-awareness. Without self-awareness throughout our journey, we feel like we're wandering aimlessly until we arrive somewhere, and it may not be in line with our true values. To use a silly example, but to hit the point home, imagine winding up in northern Alaska when you had wanted to take a trip to Disney World or Las Vegas. We would be so confused as to how we ended up there, especially when we have the ability to punch a destination into a map and get directions instantly but we need to punch that destination into the map first. So even if we are journeying the pathless path, trying to figure life out, what are some things that we can all do to make sure we have just the right amount of an aim? Here I'll share 18 things that we must all do while taking a leap of faith. Some of us might burn the boats, some of us might wait 30 years while making some progress on the side, and many of us fall somewhere in between. For each person, the plan is unique, and it changes. But we do need to show the universe that we are serious by taking as much of a leap of faith as possible toward our current vision. So what I would like to do quickly is name a few key points that every single one of us, no matter how much we are going all in, should do right away to show that we are committed to the success of our one thing. You should be able to check every single one of these off from day one as you pursue your own big dream. Understanding, number one, that being ready is a lie. Two, choose your own adventure. Three, focus on the why, not how, especially at the beginning. 
Four, seek discomfort and gain energy from the right amount of stress. Five, dream so big that most people will say it's unrealistic. Six, take action first, then gain feedback, pivot, or keep going. Seven, get off the fence. Eight, remember that preparation is a myth. Nine, make mistakes at full speed. Ten, trust your instincts. Eleven, keep the moon in the window. Twelve, effort has compound interest. Thirteen, you're building a skill or skills that is or are transferable. Fourteen, create for your audience and ignore the haters. Fifteen, use failures big and small as building blocks. Sixteen, go with your gut more than someone else's playbook when coming up with solutions. Seventeen, don't wait to build a team by learning from and leaning on others. And finally, 18, don't wait to take your maximum possible leap of faith, whatever that looks like for you. Waiting to feel more confident or prepared is an absolute misconception. It doesn't exist. Confidence and competence feed off of each other. Like a tennis match, your skills transfer back and forth between improving a skill, feeling confident, facing challenges, and then repeating. So just get started. Now, the other question that I mentioned people often have at this point is the question of what are the steps? Like, what do I do to achieve my one thing? The first thing I want to do is give you a pat on the back for deciding what the thing is in the first place. We've spent 16 episodes figuring this out. And the fact that we get to the point where you have a big goal is massive and something to celebrate. It's almost like 80% of the work is already done. And no matter how much you burn the boats or patiently build on the side, this question always remains. What actions should I take to be the most effective in achieving my vision? And that's why over the next few episodes, we'll take a look at reverse engineering our goals and dreamlining, a fun term that I stole from another incredible podcaster and lifelong learner, Tim Ferriss. As always, thank you so much for listening. It would mean the world if you passed the show on to others who may benefit from learning, growth mindset, goal setting, and getting clarity over their big dream and how to achieve it. Until the next episode, as always, all the best. And remember, just keep learning. Thank you.